In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And I've been taking mental notes on this all week long just to... Mental notes, the kind that you usually forget? No, I've been trying to remember. Oh, okay. All right. Nor- normally your mental notes, you're just yeah. like, wait, I, I reminded myself to remember something, but I... I've misplaced that Because poster. I have a lot to say. And my husband was saying, do you want to watch this for the podcast? I said, no, no, no. I got the podcast all wrapped up. I don't need any of what you're saying to me. We can, we, we can save that for next week. Not even. And so I was super excited about this. And I know already it sounds like I'm, I'm going to be a downer. I'm not. But I'm not over the moon either. Space Force in space. Space Force. Steve Carell's. Space Force. I have read a couple of reviews of this and like they kind of seem. Down on it. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, granted, like I I will, I'll put this out there. Like I've been a fan of Carell's since I want to say the first time I saw him was Daily Show. Yeah, it's when I first saw him. Like I, I loved him in The Office. Like, I loved his, it's not a cameo, it's just like a smaller, I loved him in Bruce Almighty. Mm -hmm. Like, Steve Carell's a really funny guy, and at this point, he may actually be his own worst enemy, in that he's he's contributed to so many things that people love, that he's going to get to that point where he does something that we only like. Like, okay, Dick Van Dyke. There's a guy, that guy knew some success, like Mm -hmm. had a sitcom, like he was in several movies. Could solve crime. That, yeah, eventually went on to solve elderly crimes. clean chimneys. He could. Speak with a British-ish accent. accent. So, I have a lot to say about Space Force. Go ahead. Now, um, I guess, I I think I remember him telling someone on an interview, maybe it was uh, John Krasinski, That he and Greg Daniels had this idea about making a show called Space Force. And that's really all they knew. Because there is, by the way, a Space Force. Which just, I, it it seems like it's made up. Right. To me. And it does have the logo of of the the UFP. Of the the Federation. Yeah, it does. Which is Star Trek. I mean, there is no way around it. That's the United Federation of Planets. Well, I'm I'm really surprised they didn't call it Starfleet, except for maybe they're just like Paramount will sue us. Probably. Paramount will sue us. So Space Force is a real thing. However, Space Force has pretty much just gotten off the ground. And so this is that's the only thing it really has in common with reality. There is something called Space Force. But it's not a documentary about right. actual like current day Space Force. And I say that because you really, uh, you knew what paper was. Dunder Mifflin sold paper. You knew more about paper. What this is, is you have um, Steve Carell's character. He's in D.C. A guy that he can't stand is retiring. He becomes a five-star general. And he's thrilled the guy he hates is retiring because the guy is awful. And he is. And he expects that because that guy is head, you know, they're the Joint Chiefs of Staff, this guy heads the 
the Air Force, he assumes that, you know, he's retiring. He knows he's retiring, so he's going to replace him is what his assumption is. Be, being a five-star general. Yeah. Like, you're reasonably high up there. Yeah. But it turns out that POTUS, as he is referred to, President of the United States, uh, they never name him, but he does make announcements over Twitter. And the announcement. So there, <laughs> there, there's probably an implication. There is. Right, right. There is an implication, and it is funny. But he decides that there's going to be Space Force, and Steve Carell's character is going to lead Space Force, and the other guy doesn't retire. So, first, one of the finest things about Space Force, and I don't want to leave out a single name, is the. There probably isn't 10 minutes of it of the Joint Chiefs of Staff meeting during all 10 episodes. I wish that there were. Let me tell you who the Joint Chiefs of Staff are. So you have, of course, Steve Carell. You have um, Don Bacadal. I'm sorry, Dan Bacadal. You know, that guy. I do. Well, not personally, but I know. But you know yeah. that guy. You have um, Jane Lynch. So basically, they, they kind of stacked a comedic deck. Yes, you and, have forever, forever putty. So you got. And French Stewart. Stewart French. French Stewart? Yeah. yeah French I think it's French Stewart. Yeah, French Stewart. Those are the jo- and then a guy I don't know. Now, the guy I don't know is Coast Guard. Now, one of the reasons why you may have been able to stack the deck like that was the the – the commitment of time to it. Yes. There like was they very may have, little they, they may have just been do. like, okay, guys, we need you for a day. We're going to shoot all of this. Easily. Like it, it, you may have been able to secure all of those people for those roles. Cause they're like, listen, you're going to work for one day, maybe two. We'll shoot it all at once. Um, it'd be great to have you guys there. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. So my favorite parts have involved the joint chiefs of staff because they're all so subtly funny that, Watching those scenes of them is a delight, an absolute delight. As as it should be. Now, is it laugh out loud? No. But just what they all bring together and how they deliver it, it's just, I love the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Okay, aside from that, someone that you see in every episode is played by actor Ben Schwartz. Now, here's the thing. This is Netflix, and you can use... Language. So his first name is also replaced, is often replaced with a word that um, I can't say now, or maybe I could, but I don't want to find out. We're not going to test. No, we're not running a test. However, you know Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec because he's John Ralphio. John Ralphio is the media guy for Steve Carell. So he, therefore, is always on Twitter, and every scene with him in is fabulous. Every scene where you can physically see Ben Schwartz and he has no lines is fabulous because he's that funny. You get you get the right comedic actor. Like, you don't have to give them a lot of time. Really, you just – I mean, you don't even have to give them, like, scenery to chew. Like, they're just, like – that they are, they're just, they're masters of what, I mean, like I had mentioned Steve Carell and Bruce Almighty. Mm-hmm. He maybe takes up 10 minutes in that movie total. He's all I really remember of it. But like 
and this is this isn't like like Jim Carrey is not producing the comedies that he was in the earlier part of his career. Jim was pretty much at the t- like I want to say that movie opened to like seventy million dollars. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was still very much a star at that point. And I'm not going to say like he stole every inch of his thunder, but to be in a movie with Jim Carrey at his peak and to be able to draw attention to yourself like that with a very limited amount of screen time. That says something about your comedic chops. You're listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Allen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching on TV and Space Force. I will say it is worth watching. However, I sense a however. Yes, I'm getting to it. I I don't want to. I don't want to show my hand yet. Okay, so there are things about it that are good. I enjoyed. Steve Carell's character having to psych himself up by dancing to Kokomo, which is a song I don't even like. That he needed some quiet time to do that. I love that Lisa Kudrow plays his wife. And I also love how after they move from D.C. to Colorado, we don't know why she's incarcerated for the next 40 to 60 years, but she is. And they never tell you why. Exactly. Well, or maybe she just couldn't come in and film those days, and they're like, so how do you solve that? No, she's, she's in all of them. Anyway, uh, I, they have a daughter. She's fine. Whatever. I mean, it's like, that's not even... She, I say that because she's just not amusing, I guess. And whenever it's her scenes, there's nothing wrong with the actress. It's not that. It's just like, I don't care, you know? Well, as the the aforementioned, like, cast that you're telling me about to only be adequate or like to do just fine that that really is problematic when you're um when uh what was it uh horton hears a who Mm -hmm. you had steve carell uh jim carrey and carol burnett were all in that movie together and i remember they went on oprah to like promote the movie all three of them were on there and like the t- the three of them were just falling over each other mm-hmm. like ju- and it was a riot because you have all of these people like you just you can't you can't breathe like for all the 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 laughter that they're generating because like any any three of them are pretty like well established like comedians but to, to have the three of them just going just boom 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 fabulous. boom fabulous. I, I think you're running into some of that in that series as well, that like if you were to just happen to like if they would have added a fourth person mm-hmm. to that interview and it was, you know, l- let's say a talented actor, but they but weren't them. They weren't necessarily the comedic powerhouse that were not them. That person might look, you know, inferior or or, or whatever, not because of anything really that they're doing that's wrong. Right, but you're, she's just using the material. There, yeah, there's she's not doing anything wrong. Something needs to change about the character for me to really care. Other than that, it's like eh. so. The story is he is heading up Space Force. Uh, ben Schwartz has a great episode where um, Flotus wants to design the costumes, which they That's- prefer to call uniforms. And as soon as you said costumes, I was like, I, I think I like where this is yeah, going. There's, there's some, you know, there are some versions with capes. A lot of it's really nice. And so there are a lot of great moments in Space Force. Now, 
over the course of 10 episodes, you find out his wife is in jail, uh, his daughter's 18, 19, something like that. But she's, you know, a teenager. And come on. There's a lot of that. And uh, Well, to be fair, that's, yeah, that's the way teenagers are. Oh, did I mention John Malkovich is in it? Uh, holy cow. That... Oh, yeah. John Malkovich is the, the head of all of the scientists. Okay. There are a lot of people in this show, but John Malkovich is lovely in this. Like, is he is he intense, crazy no, John Malkovich? He is, is he? No, he his character is gay, but not. And he's very, uh, I don't want to say dialed back, but you have the military stereotypical military intensity of Steve Carell's character. And then as the as Dr. Mallory, he's just um what's the word? He's he's not so much esot he's a bit sublime. That's okay. what he is. He is sublime. Well like like Mal Malkovich is another one that like if he wants to crank it up like a couple notches, like he's pretty into like he can he can stand out in a stupid movie like mm -hmm. Con Air, but I can still look back at him in that movie and just be like, that's not a great movie, but he's fun to watch. Yes, in that movie, his character is is a lot of snarky commentary, and it's amusing. Uh, another great aside is a one star general is Steve Carell's character's. Uh, I don't want to say receptionist, but aide, I guess who seems to not do a very good job of what he's doing. And that's fun. It's just, uh, that's fun. And at one point, John Malkovich says, why do you have him? Because he pulled me out of a burning F-16. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's uh, my I owe my life to him. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> so there are a lot of nice moments. There are a lot of funny moments. Now, as this whole thing progresses... You've got Space Force, they build their camp, and there's some funny moments here and there. Again, nothing laugh out loud, nothing too endearing, but I like it enough to stay with it. And I certainly like Steve Carell's character. But then the last three episodes, again, this is only ten, the last three episodes, they say, there's something on the moon. Oh, China has put up a space station. How did they do that? And then China... You can't own any property on the moon, but China yet. says yet. China says, "Well, we're we are we're doing tests and experiments, and if you land at the Sea of Tranquility, well, you're going to mess up our tests. So we're not saying we own it, but you would mess up our research, so you can't go there. So there's all this escalation, de-escalation of what to do about China." And so, spoiler ahead, I'm going to tell you how the last episode let, ends. Let me ask you this. Yes. Like, we can, we can own property on Earth, right? Yeah. Okay. So, hypothetically, why can't I? I'm not saying I need to buy a plot of land on the moon, but why, can I, why can't I buy a plot of land on the moon? Because all of the, the big powers said no one can buy anything on the moon. What about Mars? Can I, I don't know. Can I get anything? Jupiter, maybe? Like Venus, maybe? Do I, do I, is there any property sure, available Sure, go for there? Venus. So there becomes a thing of what are the Chinese doing, why are they doing it, and so on and so forth. And so they send their space force, their spacemen, up there, and 
the very last episode is you find out who all the spacemen are. Maybe that's the second to last. I digress. And they decide that it would be easier to train, let's say, a top-notch mechanic how to survive on the moon than it would be to take an astronaut and teach them everyday skills like an electrician and things like that. So they have what essentially is then Wait, is, the office. Isn't that the plot of Armageddon? Oh, yeah. Basically. Uh, <laughs> so they have what is then the office. You have these very, very quirky characters and one or two actual astronauts, and they are now on the moon. Then they, uh, they're they told that they have to go do this and that, and so the Chinese destroy the American base, and the Americans destroy the Chinese base, and now no one has any oxygen. The end, wait for season two. Oh, and his wife escaped from jail. Whatever. That's, so I mean, I you, you it's a, I, I like leaving on a good cliffhanger. And it, I mean, it certainly is from that. what. I don't. I don't know about you know the, the the narrative necessarily in its entirety or like you know the interpersonal relationships, but like just from a a bystander like kind of looking in at that, that sounds interesting. So here's where I'm going. Okay. Though there are ten episodes too many establishing all of these things. Had they have made it, let's say, two episodes, make it a maybe a two parter. Yes. Yeah. And then gotten to the ragtag group of survivors. It sounds on the like moon. the the first season should have been the pilot episode. Yes, because now we're finally to the part that everybody wants you to be at. Yes, and I hope it is renewed because I I think the potential yes. you see yes. where they're going Read finally. My mind much? Yes, there is potential for what is happening in Space Force. It is not all realized in these first 10 episodes and I watched every bit of them. Well, what what comedy would you argue was fully formed its first season? Hmm. Like I mean just I mean pick any any sitcom and that you can really say that its first season was its best. Like I mean, just wait, wait, take, wait for it. Frasier. Right. The, you mean the guy that had been playing yeah, that I character well, for a previous eleven years? Uh, it's a loophole. It's. A I, loophole. I think. I I'm think that's saying. cheating. I I was thinking about you doing that, but I was also like he had lived in Frasier for a minute. But still. But anyway, I, like I'm, what I'm saying is, like, was the was the Office best season season one? Was the best season of Family Ties season one? Mm. Like, what was the best season of Seinfeld season one? Like, I, I'm not saying like th this they should have done better like sooner, but I'm just saying a lot of comedies don't mm -hmm. find their footing in that initial season. Most most of your sitcoms, I would argue, probably find their proper footing or at least kind of that established status quo that you're going to see for the remainder of the series mm -hmm. sometime in their second or third season, usually. Now, hopefully, this will get that opportunity because I think it can turn into something very, very fine. They're, it seems to me they're going for a few more dramatic beats than I feel necessary. Uh, you know, for instance, his wife is in jail for the next 40 to 60 years, and they're, let's say they're both generically 55. Sure. So basically the rest of her life she's in jail, and the rest of his life she's in jail. So she says she wants to stay married, but she says, look, I'm going to be here 
for the rest of my life. And I don't think it's fair that you should never be able to have a relationship for you or for me. And so she wants to have an open marriage. She doesn't want to get a divorce because she'll get to he'll get to visit her like two times a year, you know, visit. But that's how she wants to play it. And this is very upsetting to him that she thinks that that is okay. In in a show that is from from like the lead of yes. the office and is called Space Force. If you would have told me that that was going to be a plot point, Ugh, like like if you were just point. guess get you know top thirty guesses what are going to show up on this show, not I'm going to get not even in my yeah. top hundred. Like I would not have just been like obviously and then, this this is a bridge they will cross. And then the daughter. Well, she has a job, um, and she works at the ice cream place on the base, and then all of a sudden she's pouring vodka in all of the milkshakes, and she gets fired, and she hangs around outside a drugstore, and she wants a cigarette. She doesn't smoke, but she gets in the pickup truck with three strange men, where they drive to the middle of nowhere, and then when she decides to leave on a bicycle, they chase her on dirt bikes. That's okay. Uh, another plot point. Just, I, I mean, as much as I like being surprised, I, I also don't need like things mad libbed. Like let let them come to their you know yeah. n- narrative like fruition. But like that just again, I haven't seen it. But that just it's sounds like bad. a weird, almost like outlier to to me. The point is, uh, it it made her mother escape from jail to help her and it made her dad prove to her that he is always there for her because she's like come on dad i haven't got to talk to you for 40 seconds it's like for crying out loud you are an adult child you have some understanding of what this man does for a living so there's a lot of stuff like that going on and i'm like be so needy yeah there's a lot of that my dad is in charge of space force space force so there's that I do think you should watch it. Just realize there are going to be some odd dramatic turns just as in, huh. And I feel like the cast, I feel like there are two casts, not with any. And that the the ones that I think are going to offer the most comedy just got launched the last two episodes. There is only one director that that comes to mind when you say like a mix of comedy and drama that seems to do it very well. James L. Brooks, when he did Mm -hmm. As Good As It Gets. Right. I I thought that like seemed to like it it didn't feel like you were making two disparate things. They seemed to gel properly. There's there's not a lot of people that can't that, that that can find that that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Where the two blend together, and what you're describing to me, like this is not the the marriage of those two things. Oh, I forgot to tell you because this was very dramatic. Actually, remember when I said how his wife wanted an open marriage, and I guess he finally agreed to it, and then he flies away in the helicopter, and you hear um, "Daydream Believer" by the Monkees, and then he's sobbing. Well, that's okay. So that's kind of kind of a downer. Dark, yeah. yeah. Most of it is not like that, but I would like to see season two and see what they do with it because 
I like the concept and the talent is there and there are some I, I'll watch Ben Schwartz just be funny. I, I want to see more of John Ralphio. It's it's I wish it was John Ralphio actually. <laughs> it it's kinda it's kinda like me and Jeff Goldblum. They're just like yeah. Jeff Goldblum is gonna and I was like, You 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 had me. I'm I'm in. I'm in. I don't I don't need to know anything else about it. Jeff Goldblum is gonna be there. The girls had picked up on that. I put on uh, Jurassic Park the other day while I was just doing stuff in the main part of the house. And I wasn't looking up because I've only seen it a hundred times. And Anna Grace says, Mom, but it's Jeff Goldblum. I said, I know, dinosaurs. It's I know. The, I know. The, the love that I have for the second film, like I, I, I will openly admit it is an inferior film to the first movie. But like the choice to cast and obvi- like I would I would argue more more obviously to center a sequel around around Sam Neill's character probably would have been most people's go to but like Crichton and Spielberg both went with Ian Malcolm and I'm just telling you like I love it. It's basically like he's doing his own commentary on mm-hmm. what's going. He's like, uh, uh, no, you'll you'll come back in pieces. Finds uh, a way. Life I mean, finds a way. yeah, that's the way they they always it always starts anyway. like that, and then there's running, screaming. <laughs> like I, ju- it's it's basically him narrating the movie or doing a commentary on the film, except he's in the film. I just love listening to that. He does the same thing in Independence Day. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there going. Yeah, I'll listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Sure I, 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 well, this movie's dumb, but I get to hear Jeff Goldblum talk about stuff. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, I think that seems like a similar experience that you're having with yes. him. You're just like, this isn't important to the plot. Like, I just want to um, hear it. I just, I, I enjoy it, and mm-hmm. it, it's 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 like its own little like Twinkie or like glazed donut or or honey bun. You're just like, I don't need this. Like, it's. It's not really going to nourish me, but darn it if I don't enjoy it. I've played Ragnarok so many times as I do stuff about the house. The girls know word for word the entire first scene when he's all tied up. It's the entire. Man, and if you tell me that's the third, like having watched the first two of those movies and leaving the theater and just being like, okay, well, I mean, I just... Hemsworth is very Thory. Like, I mean, he's you know he's chiseled, he, he's blonde. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But like, I, I never left those movies, and I was just like, oh yes, the third one. I'm just like, sweet spot. why, man? Why couldn't we have done that with the first? Like, why? Why is the trilogy done? Like, why? Why can't I have two more like that? Like, just can we mulligan? Can we do that? Okay. Like, is that okay? So again, Space Force. I do suggest you watch it. And I hope they give it a chance because I think it will be some quality television. Do not go into it thinking this is the office in space. Which is what I think a lot of people wanted it, is not. wanted it to be. Though it would have been kind of hilarious if that is if it was Michael Scott as a, as a general. I mean, that would be kind of funny. I, I, think, I think all of it – really, like, I, I think he is correct in not doing a follow-up oh, sure. to the office because that's a very – the, the the way that show is viewed, like it, it having that perfect confluence of events and actors and situations to come together again, you're you're tempting fate. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I, I think you kind of like when Seinfeld decided to go out before they were asking them to go out. I, I think trying to retouch the office is yeah. you're you're asking for there to be an issue. However. Um, Office in Space is a show that I'd watch. Yeah, I would totally watch that.
You, you've got me for the pilot. I would episode, also watch Office Pigs in Space or Pigs, Pigs in, in space. space. I mean, also just put Muppets in things. Like <laughs> I don't care. Like I don't care what it is. Put put Muppets all like remake Lord of the Rings. Leave Ian McKellen. Make everybody else a Muppet. I will show up. I will too. I'm I'm in. Thank I'm you in. for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen and I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.